Hey, everybody, you're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. And in the studio today, I have Chef Alfred Singleton from Cafe Spiza. How are you doing, Chef? I'm doing great. How are you? Very well. I am so glad that you took a few minutes to stop by the studio and talk to us. Um, I had such a great meal at your restaurant Thank that you. I've been stalking you on Facebook until <laughs> I could get you in here. So um, I wanted to talk about it and talk okay. a little bit about the menu and the experience I had Uh I was fortunate enough that the couple that I was with must have known somebody because we got in pretty quickly late at night after some big fancy party where we were all in ball gowns. And I thought, here I am walking through the French Quarter in a sparkly, glittery ball gown. What am I getting myself into going out to eat? But I didn't feel overdressed. It was really kind of cool that I could sit in... A restaurant with such a cool atmosphere, right. as fancy as I wanted to be, or as fancy as I didn't want to be, yeah, and it, yeah. everybody still seemed to fit in. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's a great look. I mean, it's a great environment. You know, we 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 don't turn anybody away. Actually, you can come dressed in a fancy gown or shorts and flip flops. We'll definitely invite you in and hopefully give you great service and a great meal. Well, talk a little bit about the vibe that y'all are creating at Cafe Spiza, because I felt like I was walking back in time mm-hmm. to a time where dining was an experience right, and right. it was elegant and it was relaxing, but it didn't feel stuffy. And right, I think right. that trying to create that balance is is hard. So, right, how, right. you know, how did Joel put together this feeling in the dining room? Well, if you think about Cafe Sabisa and what it is and what it has always been was uh, one of New Orleans' uh, probably one of the most beautiful restaurants in New Orleans. Um, and it goes back to the 80s, or the 70s and 80s, uh, with the rich mahogany walls and uh, the old feel um, of New Orleans-style dining. And uh, when we took over the property back in July of last year, you know, the theme was definitely to keep it the same, to bring it back to its rich history. Uh, white tablecloths, you know, dark, deep mahogany walls and the old mirrors, so just to give it that old world feel. You know, there's a lot of things happening in the city and they're more catered towards millennials and there's not a whole lot that's happening uh, for the older diners who who love that great dining experience. So our goal was just to keep it uh, exactly what it had been and just to recreate that environment and that atmosphere. Well, I have to say when I was uh, one of the ladies that was sitting at the table with me, she, I guess, was like an art history major Mm -hmm. and she was looking around and she's like, telling me about the mural on the wall, which is very interesting. Um, (laughs) And I I think kind of plays with this, like, playful, we're not too stuffy vibe that the restaurant has. But it seems like, you know, the art, the history, Mm -hmm. all the things in the room are really kind of creating that feeling. Exactly. And, and, you know, in the piece, the George DeRoe, which you're you're speaking of, is is a three-part mural that he... uh, painted in the 70s uh, for the previous owners, John Piku and Dr. Larry Hill. Um, and it, it's, it's been a mainstay at Cafe Sabisa for all of these years, and it's it's the centerpiece of the restaurant along with a, a, a lot of other pieces inside of the building. But, you know, without that artwork, you know, that would, there would be no Cafe Sabisa. It just wouldn't be the same. That That is a, a beautiful piece that uh, everyone loves, and it's a part of our history. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I love it. It's fun. It's playful. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it makes you think, you know, and I guess <laughs> I, we, we had quite the debate at the dinner table about 
it, it got us discussing art. And I was at a table with people that I had never met before right. until that evening. And okay. so, you you know, there are certain conversations you you don't have the first time you meet people. And, you know, you don't talk about religion. You don't talk about politics. You don't talk about all these, you know, topics that you wait till at least your third or fourth meeting. And so we thought, let's talk about art. Uh (laughs) And then we realized that we were creating all kinds of debate and discussion over dinner, just looking at the art in the restaurant. And, you know, one person's like, I don't like it. And the other person's like, I don't think you're supposed to like it. You're supposed to think about it. Just imagine, imagine, exactly. (laughs) And, and you know, there's so many different stories behind that piece. And, you know, everybody has their own version of what the piece really is and, and who's in the in the piece. And, you know, it, it's just it's real, real funny. But, you know, the, the actual story behind it is extremely exciting. And, and you kind of, you know, once you understand that and you hear that, then you can really appreciate it. Well, you know, I think it makes sense because I like to think that as chefs, we're artists yes, in yes. our own way and that our food is telling a story. Mm-hmm. And some people like it, some yeah. people don't. Yeah. Um, but we're kind of sharing or telling a story, and we're looking for how pe- how it evokes emotion and makes right. people feel. Exactly. So, talk a little bit about the food that you're preparing, and you know what kind of food is it, and what are your diners to expect from it? Well, Cafe Sabisa has always been known as a Creole restaurant. Uh, so, what we want to do is is um, you know the 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 genre of food, I like to say, uh, at Cafe Sabisa today is going to be classic Creole with a Southern fusion. Um, and, and you know, it's just taking what we already know in, in Creole food and taking a lot of things that we do in the South and bringing it to the plate and kind of fusing those two together to make this wonderful, these wonderful plates that we do at Cafe Sabisa. Uh, the approach, of course, is always going to be straightforward. I, I, I truly believe in not confusing guests uh, when you sit down at the table, I want you to look at it and read what you're getting and understand what you're getting. Yay. So when you see it, you know, okay, this is exactly what I wanted. You know, and and that's that's the approach. And you know, we're seafood heavy, but there's something on the menu for everyone. I mean, we have a ton of different items. Um, you know, from from classic French, we have a few Italian things as well, and then of course there's the Creole and Southern dishes as well on the menu. So um, that's something for everyone, and I'm quite sure if you. Uh, come to Cafe Sabiza, you'll definitely find something on the menu that's worth your while. For me, I, I see so many different trends when mm-hmm. I go to restaurants and menus. And the one trend that makes me crazy is whenever I see chicken, onion, bell pepper. Right. And that <laughs> is, it says, you know, chef's chicken. And it says chicken, onion, bell pepper. And you're like, is it stew? Is it gravy? Right, right. Is what's, it what's, what's happening with it? Right. And, and then I have to spend 20 minutes having the server explain it to exactly. me. Exactly. I, I just want to know, is this classic? Is it a modern interpretation? Right. What am I going to eat? And I didn't find that there were any surprises on your menu. No. Like I knew exactly what was coming to my plate mm-hmm. and it, and the plating was that I could identify everything on the plate. Yes. It, there wasn't anything in a weird form that I couldn't identify that, oh, this is garlic, but it doesn't look like garlic because right, right. it's custard or well, that kind of thing. And, and you know, I, I just believe in, 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 in simp- uh, a simple approach, you know, not too many steps on the plate. I mean, once we get past four or five steps on the plate, then we start really getting out of hand. Um, and, you know, I don't believe in a real, real big menu, so you won't find that at Cafe Sabisa. 
Uh, the menu is, you know, my, my, my goal is to do everything that I'm doing great. So I'll take 20 items and do them great versus doing 40 items and doing them not so great. So, and, and that's the approach, and, and I think that's working for us right now. Well, do you, um, do you change the menu at all? Yes, yes. Okay, so how yeah. do you, what do you do when you get to changing it? Well, we, we, we change it seasonally. So, uh, you know, right now we're actually about to go into a, another menu change uh, in the first week of August where we'll, we'll kind of do the kind of end of summer, beginning of the fall kind of deal. Um, and it, it'll feature uh, obviously some summer items and also some fall-type items on that menu as well. But every season we want to create something different you know, whether it's going from a rack of lamb to a lamb shank or um, whether it's going from a filet to a ribeye and creating different plates with those that kind of complements the season but also stays true to Cafe Sabisa. That's kind of our approach and what we want to do. So what, you know, as a chef, like, do you get excited whenever y'all sit down and go, okay, we're going to make some menu changes. I have all these ideas. Or do you go... <sighs> okay, I got to tackle this project. Well, it's a little bit of both because, well, for me, being a chef owner of Cafe Sabisa, uh, my hands are kind of all over the place. So I'm dealing with the operations, I'm dealing with the building, I'm dealing with the menu, the staffing. So I'm kind of all over the place. But when, when my mind is made up that, you know, okay, we're going into this menu change, I get extremely excited about that. And then, I, you know, it's, it's okay, let's start identifying these ingredients. Okay, let's see what's fresh. Let's see what, what tastes the best. You know, let's bring in four samplings of lamb and four samplings of steaks or whatever, and let's pick the best one. So it's an exciting time for me as well as my staff because they also get to see how these things come together and also participate in that with me. So it's fun in that aspect. And once we pull these dishes together, the excitement that we get, you know, my thing is I never know what a plate is going to look like until the day that I played it. Okay. And that's kind of funny. I mean, it's kind of like playing Russian roulette, but, you know, it's, that's the fun part for me is is that challenge and going in and creating that art, being an artist and creating you know that art. what flavors are going to exactly. be there, and then exactly. you just have to make it pretty. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll taste each component, you know, and and I'll probably taste the components together, and I'll just throw them on plates, and I'll say, okay, this is going to work. So let's build this dish and make it what we want it to be at Cafe Sabiza. Now I feel like uh, one of my favorite days at work is mm-hmm. when we get to all taste. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I look back, my absolute favorite day at work was when we came out with this fried chicken dish. <laughs> and um, I had three different members of my kitchen team all do their favorite fried chicken recipe. Right, right. And then we all tasted, mm-hmm. like, all the different fried chickens. And then we had to decide what we liked. And then we took all those recipes and made a new fried chicken recipe. And I just remember going, wow, like, everybody has the way their mama did it. Right. And then somehow you got to pull it together to make it where everybody likes it. But then you get to eat it all in yeah, the process. Yeah. That's so. nothing better than fried chicken. <laughs> I, I can eat that every day. It's not good, but I'll do it. <laughs> but I'm sure your staff gets super excited with all, you know, the good quality, you know, seafood and meat and stuff that they get to take some little tastes here and there. Right. Well, yeah. And, 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 and you know, one of the things that we're blessed with in, in, in the Southeast region is, is our great seafood and at Cafe Sabisa, you know, we, we have the luxury of having uh, access to a seafood dock down uh, in Hopedale uh, where, where a lot of our crab meat and oysters and a lot of our shrimp and all of those things come from. So uh, to have that come to our back doors and see the excitement that the staff gets when they see 
those fishermen at our back door with those items is, is unbelievable. We are so spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> I say that every day. We are so spoiled here in South right. Louisiana well, that we have what we have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the further I get away from Louisiana, the 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 crazier and the harder it is to cook because the ingredients are not the same. They're not the Doesn't same. Doesn't matter where I go in the world, the ingredients are just not the same. So. Okay. I feel you. I uh, had to do something in New York City, and I checked two ice chests as my checked luggage mm-hmm. on the airplane because I was like, <laughs> I am not traveling without my shrimp or my crawfish. It's, it's, <laughs> even, I mean, even things just as simple as the butter. I mean, it's just different. You know, it's just really, really different. Well, okay. So I love that you said as simple as the butter. Um, is there a threshold? We have a threshold in our kitchen where mm-hmm. panic ensues when we're down to so many pounds of butter in the cooler. Right. What is your panic <laughs> number when it comes to butter that you go, oh, my God, we have to go get butter? Well, listen, I mean, things like that, those those are kitchen staples. So <laughs> to me, you can never have too much butter, milk, cream, those things, because, I mean, mainly in a Creole restaurant because that's heavy emphasis on those ingredients. But, you know, once we start getting down to about you know, eight to 10 pounds, I'm like, okay, all right. And and if it's the weekend, I'm like, okay, thank God for Restaurant Depot. <laughs> yes. Thank God for that. When we didn't have that, I'd be on the phone with Cisco reps or whoever, like, man, I need butter like today. And, and you know, just it, it, it's extremely uh, frustrating when you can't get your hand on that. And, and it, it always is, I don't know if it's just me, but whenever you're down to something, you, you're, you're running low on something in a restaurant, that always seems to be the item that goes out the quickest. Everybody wants it, right? Right. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. This is unreal. But, yeah, about 8 to 10 pounds. Nine pounds is our number. <laughs> At nine pounds, I start getting text messages. Right. We're almost out of butter. <laughs> and my restaurant ain't near as big as yours. Oh, and wow. the, the panic that ensues. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what I really like is that, you know, you're you're a chef. You're an owner. But you kind of worked your way up, and I, I think it's also part of that, like, old New Orleans way is yeah. that you saw the restaurant business early on mm-hmm. and kind of worked your way through it. And I think our listeners would love to hear about that. Well, you know, my story is unique. Being from the city of New Orleans, you know, I grew up in uh, the Lower Lane Ward, which, uh, you know, isn't too popular of a neighborhood these days. But, you know, it, 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 was, it was home for me. And uh, my family owned a small sandwich shop in that, in that neighborhood. And, you know, I was the brat running around the sandwich shop wanting to participate and wanting to help out. So I peeled shrimp, peeled potatoes, and be in the way. And um, as the years went on, you know, the, the restaurant actually closed down in the late 80s. And, um, you know, so the, the only uh, resource for me for cooking was my mom during the holidays. So we do that together. And uh, as a sophomore uh, in high school, um, I found a a love for the restaurant industry, uh, needed a job, applied at Ralph Brennan's Baco, uh, was hired uh, as a dishwasher. Uh, but as I walked through the door, they're breaking down whole fish, you know, making gumbos, doing rules and things like that. And, you know, I told the chef at the time, uh, I believe Eric Vinay was the chef at the time. Um, and I'm like, I, I, I need to learn how to do this. This is what I want to do. So um, it went from that. I started prepping, moved to uh, desserts and salads, and wound up doing a wood-burning piece oven, which was over there. Um, I left uh, Baco uh, in, in, in the mid-'90s and uh, went to Cafe Sabisa. Uh, that's why I, where I met Craig Napoli, who is my partner today. I uh, was hired at Cafe Sabisa not as a cook but as a busser-slash-food runner. Um, and, again, 
you know, it as as fate would have it, um, cooking became what I was doing. Um, a sous chef decided to quit on one day, and um, they needed help, so I offered my services, and uh, I was on the line from that day moving forward. Uh, did it for from that point up into 2000. I went and worked at the Red Room up on St. Charles Avenue when it was the Red Room. Uh, and um, I got a call from Craig Napoli, and he was like, I need a chef. Are you interested? And I'm like, man, you crazy. I don't, me, be a chef? He's like, yeah, you can do it. So I went there, and uh, I was a chef from 2000 to 2005, up until Hurricane Katrina happened when we were unable to get back into the building. And from that point, uh, I went on to be uh, a member of the Dickie Brennan and Company team, worked for Dickie Brennan Steakhouse, uh, was his executive chef up until about 2014, um, where, you know, I polished my craft and polished my skill, traveled the world, uh, very thankful for that opportunity and, and, and what they uh, instilled in me. And uh, last spring, uh, I approached Craig, and, and my wife was just driving me insane, like, you need to open your own restaurant. You need to go to work for yourself. And you always, a happy wife is a happy life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I, I you know, I, I had always kept my eye on, on, on Cafe Sabisa and, um Steve Pettis uh, gave a reference to the guy who was actually running Cafe Sabiza at the time. Uh, Steve Pettis is Dickie Brennan's partner. And um, we went to Craig Napoli, and, and we formed this partnership. And we went into Cafe Sabiza uh, in July of last year, did four months of renovations, and uh, we reopened in October. So in October of last year, while well, I became an owner last summer, and uh finally launched my own brand and own restaurant in uh, October of last year. So it's it's been an extremely uh, humbling journey that I'm excited about and proud of and excited about the future. How does it change, you know, your perspective when you go to work every day once you become invested mm-hmm. in the property versus when you were going to work and and working for someone else? You know, every cup of flour counts. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, buddy. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things you pay more attention to a lot of things that you would be very passive about um, when when you were just cooking or when you were just a chef. You, you pay more attention to uh, the product, um, mainly when you're, you're a chef owner, when not only is your signature on every dish, but your name is on this business. So you become... Uh, a little bit more detail oriented. Um, you 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 don't come. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say much of become much of a jerk, um, but you 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 become more direct, and and things have to happen a certain way. So you know you you're directing and you're leading and you're cooking and you're just making sure things are right. And you know it's it's. I, I found a new respect for this business when I became an owner. And, 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 you know, that helps me every single day, that respect and, and, and you know, just the, um, the, the drive to get it done right. You know, one of the things that, you know, when I, when I hear you speak and I hear your story about, you know, working your way through and it seemed like every time you got an opportunity, it was because you were like, yes, mm-hmm. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. I will do that. I want to learn. I want to do that. And, um. I know that's something that I'm always looking for whenever I'm, I'm, 
you know, working with my staff. What advice do you have for those 16 year old kids out there right now who say, I want to be a chef. I want to own my own restaurant. Um, Where do they need to start and what do they need to do? Well, Stay eager is is the first thing that I say. Stay eager. Um, Maintain um, your sense of composure because once you be, you get into this business, obviously your skin has to be tough. You're going to deal with a lot of different things. You're going to hear some things that you don't want to hear. Uh, you're going to deal with some things that you don't want to deal with. Um, but remaining humble and, 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 and staying focused uh, will help you in, in the long run. And, and self-education because, you know, if you go to culinary school, there's only so much you're going to get. Uh, but once you're done with that, you have to continue to self-educate uh, and continue to ask questions and want to learn. Uh, never feel like you learned enough. Um, I learn every day. And, and I'm a chef and owner, and that's something new that I, I pick up every single day. I've been in this business a long time. Um, I forgot a lot of things, but there's still a lot that I haven't learned and that I I, I, I want to learn. So, you know, just stay humble. Appreciate uh, what you have in front of you. And if this is something that you really want to do, Hard work is going to pay off. The reward is great. I love that. And what, you know, can you share with our listeners kind of your thoughts on, you know, hospitality? What does hospitality mean as a restaurant owner and someone that has guests from locals to people from all over the world coming into your restaurant? Mm -hmm. You know, when you say, I want to provide a hospitality business and a business that treats these guests what are you what are you looking for giving someone a memorable experience it, when someone and and i tell my staff this every single day they get tired of me talking about attention to detail and the small things and, and going above and beyond to make their guests happy you know and, and and you know that's what hospitality is all about giving people a memorable experience my goal is when you walk out of the doors at cafe sabisa you're saying to yourself my god what a great experience. And this is something that we're going to remember for the rest of our lives. That's what we want to deliver. So in order to do that, we have to focus on the small details and hit the finer points and and, and, and give people exactly what they come for. Because when they come through the restaurant, they come through those doors, they're coming for an experience. We have to be able to provide that. Well, I can say hooray to you because you did. Um, <laughs> whenever I had the chance to eat there, not only did I not feel overdressed, we walked into a dining room that was kind of bustling. There's live jazz. Yes, There's yes, people yes, around. Yes, yes. Great cocktails, good service. And what I really liked was that I could tell when I looked in the dining room, you know, there were people that I think are probably there once a week. Like yeah. there were, you could tell who was <laughs> so comfortable in that dining room right. that they, that was their place. Right. And then you could see the people who, we're going to make it their right. place. And right. that is exciting as a diner to be invited into that type of experience. Well, listen, we're, we're still a baby in this game. And, and, and you know, we're, we're only eight months in. Um, but the, the repeat business, the repeat diners that we have from you know, locals. I mean, before Katrina, Sabisa was heavy tourists, heavy, heavy tourists. The amount of locals that we see now is is amazing and i'm just so proud of that because locals drive business and that's the people that i want to come in the people who live here and 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 get that experience 
So, you know, we, we, we continue every single day to grow. We continue to get better. Uh, over the last eight months, we've made some strides. But the scary thing is, you know, we haven't gotten to where we want to get. Mm-hmm. So once we get there, you know, it, it's going to be uh, even more scary, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can handle it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, tell our listeners where you're located and when you're open. Okay. Uh, Cafe Sabus is located 1011 Decatur Street in the French Quarter in the French Market area. Um, we're open Wednesday through Sunday uh, from 5.30 to 10. Uh, we have Sunday brunch on Sundays from 10.30 to 2.30 as well. Uh, this is a jazz brunch. We have jazz music Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, that starts at 6.30 on Friday and Saturday, and the music starts at 11 on Sundays. Charmaine Neville plays on Friday nights, uh, and also uh, Nola Smooth Jazz, my uncle, Lester Singleton. Even in the family. And, and Percy, Percy Williams, the saxophone and a trumpet player. Uh, they play on Saturdays and Sundays. On Sundays, we have $15 bottomless champagne or mimosa. And then Wednesday through Friday, we have a happy hour program from 4 to 7 uh, with two-for-one cocktails, beer, wine, cocktails, and also small place ranging from 5 to $9. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much, you. Chef Alfred. Thank you. I appreciate you spending a few minutes. I can't wait to come back. Thank you for um, having me. And uh, for all my listeners out there, y'all check out Cafe Spiza. It's at 1011 Decatur Street yes, in the quarter. Um, take an Uber so you don't have to drive so you can enjoy those cocktail specials. I definitely requ- re- uh, recommend an Uber because parking <laughs> is very scarce in that part of the quarter. So yes. Definitely if, an Uber. If you're going to park, you got to park on the other side of the French market. Yeah. So, you know, take a car, make a night out of it, feel yeah, super yeah. fancy and have a great dinner. So I appreciate it for my listeners out there. You've been listening to WRBH Radio. 88.3 FM. This is your host of Chef of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. So until next time, ciao.